The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. Promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, April 2nd. In today's news, China retaliates against President Trump's tariffs. An early favorite to chair the Joint Chiefs is passed over. And the former VA secretary says he didn't resign, but was fired. This turns out to be legally significant. But first, the big idea. Trump's Easter tweet storm speaks volumes about his presidency. Donald Trump is either woefully uninformed or intentionally misleading the American people about one of his most consequential decisions as president, which is the more charitable explanation. With a trio of temperamental tweets on Easter Sunday, Trump announced there will be no deal to save the 700,000 dreamers whose futures he put in peril by ending the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, also known as DACA. He also called on Republicans to change the rules of the Senate to pass anti-immigration legislation with a simple majority, and he threatened to kill the North American Free Trade Agreement if Mexico does not step up border security. The president then falsely claimed that there are big flows of people who are sneaking into the United States, quote, because they want to take advantage of DACA. In truth, to be eligible for the program created by Barack Obama, immigrants must have lived in the United States since 2007, have arrived in the country before they turned 16, and have been younger than 31 on June 15, 2012. Anyone who came afterwards does not qualify. Trump's erroneous musings capture in miniature the story of his presidency. First, this really is the improvisational presidency. There is no strategy. There is no message discipline. There is no process. Every modern White House plans out policies it wants to roll out months in advance. There's no calendar right now. No one has replaced Hope Hicks as communications director. The tweets, which upended the news cycle, clearly were not vetted by anyone. Second, Trump doesn't understand how Congress works. He's demanding Senate Republicans use the, quote, nuclear option to pass his preferred immigration legislation with 51 votes instead of 60. In February, though, his bill came up for a vote, and only 36 of the 51 GOP members voted for it. Anyone with a sense of history who has thought through the institutional dynamics at play recognizes that ending the filibuster would, over the long term, benefit liberals dramatically more than conservatives. Mitch McConnell knows that. Trump doesn't. Third, the president doesn't think through the second and third order consequences of his decisions. It's becoming increasingly clear. He's motivated by a desire for instant gratification. Just like he doesn't care that ending the filibuster would hurt his adopted party when Republicans inevitably lose control of the Senate, 2020 is more probable than 2018, his provocations toward Mexico are likely to generate ripple effects that will eventually make America less safe. The hardline leftists in Mexico look increasingly likely to win the presidency there because of Trump's attacks. They're less likely to cooperate with us on matters of security and border enforcement in the future. They're also likely to be less amenable to trade that benefits America. 
His recently announced steel and aluminum tariffs have now begun a trade war, as we'll talk about in a second, with China and other countries looking to retaliate. Another takeaway from what we saw yesterday is that proximity is power in this administration. Back during the 2016 campaign, Trump's aides often wanted to fly with him on what they called Trump Force One. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton's aides were happy working from the campaign headquarters in Brooklyn. It's because they recognized that being close to the president, in that case, being close to the candidate, gave you more influence. The president often expresses the view of the last person he speaks with before making a decision. So while most aides spent Easter with their families, Trump was accompanied at Mar-a-Lago by senior policy advisor Stephen Miller over the past four days. This shaped his thinking on immigration. Miller, a former spokesman for Jeff Sessions, is the leading advocate for nativist policies in the White House. He's the one who torpedoed any hope of a bipartisan breakthrough on immigration earlier this year. Trump also had dinner on Friday night with Fox News host Sean Hannity and then golfed with him on Saturday. Hannity has long been a hardliner on immigration on his television and radio shows. It also turns out that Trump's tweets on Sunday came just a few minutes after a Fox and Friends segment. The president even used some of the same language he saw on TV in his tweets. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one. Fears of a trade war escalated overnight as China announced it will impose tariffs on 128 U.S. food products. The move is a direct retaliation for Trump's decision to impose new trade restrictions on Beijing. If U.S. goods become more expensive in China, Chinese buyers will opt to purchase products from Europe and elsewhere. White House officials have repeatedly insisted this would not happen. Now it has. Number two. One of the Pentagon's top picks to lead the Joint Chiefs of Staff has been dropped from consideration after a corrupt defense contractor told federal agents that he had a history with the finalist. That contractor, Leonard Glenn Francis, a.k.a. Fat Leonard, recently pleaded guilty to bribing Navy officers. He said he paid for opulent dinners and other favors for Admiral Samuel Locklear III. Locklear is the highest-ranking officer known to be investigated in what has become the worst corruption scandal in the Navy's history. After separate investigations, the Justice Department declined to press charges, and the Navy technically cleared the four-star admiral of wrongdoing. But his association with Fat Leonard sunk his chances to lead the Joint Chiefs. Number three. Former Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin said on the Sunday shows that he did not voluntarily leave his post, challenging the White House's claim that he resigned. Shulkin said on CNN that he refused to resign because he was committed to making sure his job was seen through to the end. He added that he was fired after far-right political appointees sought to undermine him from within the agency. On Meet the Press, Shulkin said he did not submit a letter of resignation, nor was he even asked to. Whether Shulkin resigned or was fired actually matters because it affects who will lead the VA until the president's nominee, White House Dr. Ronnie Jackson, is confirmed by the Senate. Federal law states that the firing of a Senate-confirmed secretary elevates the department's deputy secretary until the replacement arrives. But the Trump administration, in an effort to overhaul the department, has already passed over the deputy secretary for someone who is viewed as more personally loyal to the president. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, April 2nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.